Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1380. Today on Cars Yeah, I'm celebrating the 23rd annual Ironstone Concord that takes place on September 28th at the beautiful Ironstone Vineyards in Murphy's, California. To learn more about this fantastic event, go to ironstoneconcord.org. Dealership is who signs your check, but the customer is the one that pays it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Jackson, California, Ryan Skelly. Hey, Ryan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. All right. Ryan Skelly is the sales manager at Mercedes-Benz of Stockton in California. His dealership is a sponsor of the Ironstone Concours, and for over 30 years, Mercedes-Benz of Stockton has earned trust through sincere customer service in their state-of-the-art dealership. They provide new and used cars along with their certified technician care team. Ryan began his automotive career working with his father, who sold Fords, in the 80s back in Ohio. He passed out flags and popcorn on sales days, and he says if he closes his eyes, and thanks to those days, he can recall the new car smell of every new Ford. His career began at Prospect Motors in Jackson, and he's been with Mercedes-Benz of Stockton for the last three years. So, Ryan, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more before I jump into the questions of your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Um, yeah, I just live out here in the foothills in Jackson, California. I've uh, been married to the same lucky woman for 20 years, and I've got uh, two kids. I have a 19-year-old son about to start his sophomore year at uh, UC Davis, and I have a daughter that's a uh, senior in high school and and uh, and a couple of Huskies. <laughs> there you go. And you get to play with beautiful Mercedes-Benz all day. You know, uh, we're recording this show right after Car Week. I just returned home from an incredible week at a Pebble Beach Concours, and Concours on the Avenue, I should say, uh, the Quail, the Jet Party, I mean... Uh, the events went on and on. Laguna Seca Racing, it was so fantastic. I saw a lot of very cool Mercedes-Benz while I was there, including some beautiful old cars and some brand new cars and some cars that are concept cars. So uh, Mercedes had a great place again this year during Car Week down in Pebble Beach, Monterey. 
Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah, so Ryan, take the wheel. Years ago, I worked with an older gentleman, and he said something that I've always carried with me, which is, he said, the dealership is who signs your check, but the customer is the one that pays it. And I've always uh, held that to my heart because it really is true. We are still in a, a customer service business, and without the success of the customer, we wouldn't have our success either. So uh, I always try to live by that mantra of always take care of the customer, love the customer, and, and if you can do that, uh, the business will be there for you. You know, it's so true. I ran a business for years and years, and uh, I had some occasions with employees, associates that maybe I wish should say are a little bit challenging. And I remember one in the case, uh, this young woman was, uh, I think she wanted a raise or something like that, and she'd only worked with us for a very short time. And I said uh, something about, well, what are you doing now that you were doing, weren't doing three months ago that warrants an increase in your pay? And she said, well, I don't know, but I just think that I need a pay raise. And I said, well, tell you what, she worked on the phones in our call center. I said, why don't you ask the next person that calls in for that pay raise? And she looked at me like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And I said, well, that's the person that pays your salary, you know, not me. And uh, you need to do something extra special for that person to warrant that pay increase. And that led to a great discussion. But she did say to me later, after she kind of got over the wound of the discussion that we had a little bit that maybe three months is a little too soon to be asking for a pay raise. She said, you know, I never thought about it that way, but I think you're probably right. You know, the customer is the one. Without the customers, there is no money to pay me or myself or anybody else. So uh, we need to take really good care of those customers and become invaluable to them. And you know what she did? She really stepped up her game. Uh, she began creating relationships with friend- uh, friendships, relationships with the customer, had customers writing in notes. And the next time she came in for a pay raise, she had all these notes customers to send and all these comments and things. And you know what? She did warrant a pay raise. She was doing a great job and increasing her average order uh, by recommending ideas to the customer to buy extra things. So, uh, yeah, that's a great lesson. I like that mantra very, very much. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars. You talked about working with your dad in Ohio at that Ford dealership when you were just a kid. What was that pivotal moment in your life, as you can remember, when you knew that you were going to be a car guy? Um, I would say it probably really did start there. Um, there's something addictive about the you know smell of the showroom and the new car smell. Um, it might, this is back in the 80s when uh, this is before digital marketing and the internet and everything else. And my dad just really did a great job of promoting himself and uh, had playing cards with his names on them and always had different things that he sent to customers with his name on it. And being a small town, just everybody knew who he was. And uh, to me, I just thought he was the, the president of the United States. I, he was just a, that famous in our small town uh, that I really looked up to him. So I would say that's where it uh, probably first began. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that new car smell. Uh, when I worked at a car care business before, I tried to figure out how could I create that scent so you could spray it inside any car so any car could smell new. We can never really develop it. It's I think this magical mixture of chemicals and leather and who knows what else makes it up. It's probably the most unhealthy thing you could smell in your life, but it sure smells good, doesn't it? It sure does. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I like the fact that your father had this personal touch. I've uh, bought many BMWs over the years from the same gentleman at BMW Northwest. He's a wonderful guy, uh, Ron. And 
you know, he reaches out, he bec- it becomes kind of a friend to you and not just a sales guy that once the sales over, he kind of goes on. Is that something that you guys try to practice at your dealership? Well, I think we do. And uh, I should say, I think we do. Yes, we do. The reason I was a little probably challenged that answer is because the, the process of car buying has changed in the, the last 10 years where really a lot of it is done over an iPad or a computer. And I think that's where a lot of dealerships have lost their personal touch because it be, has become such a a digital process that we forgot about the personal connection that we had to the customer and what we're really providing, which is whether it be the safest vehicle for their family or, you know, the fastest car that they want to go out and have some excitement in. And some of that gets lost as that process in the car business has changed. Now, I've heard this from a lot of uh, dealers I've had on the show here that it has changed. I want to touch on that a little bit because the consumer is so educated now. I mean, we can go out before we go buy a new car and have so much knowledge in our brain of specifically what they what we want. And I've got to think it's a challenge for car dealerships these days because you've got to know so much. And sometimes your customer knows more than you do in some respects because they come in. Sometimes they think they know more than you do, and they really don't, of course. And you've got to deal with that factor. But what would you say is the biggest well, – let me rephrase this. What would you suggest to those listeners out there that are thinking about coming to buy a car that they should do in preparation before they come into a dealership to buy a new car these days. And I'm talking from the consumer side, of course. What would benefit that consumer more than anything when he or she walks in uh, to be armed with as far as knowledge and understanding? Well, I've always said for a lot of years, it's never the right deal if it's the wrong car. And I think sometimes people get focused on what they really want without going out and really testing the product first. And Sometimes they can do all this research and then they find out that it's just absolutely not the right feel or the right drive that they're looking for. So I'm still a big a big believer that uh, you need to go out and experience the product. And you know, if that means you have to leave the dealership at the first visit and then do your research, I still think that's a better path than doing all this research first. And then once you drive the car, finding out that it's not the right one. But all that information out there you know, really has been a blessing and a curse at the same time. I think that you know it is a much more consumer-friendly market out there, uh, which consumers deserve that. But sometimes uh, consumers do so much research that uh, they have barriers on, on what they allow to the information we allow to give them to help us out, or they have some false information that uh, makes them not recognize a really great deal when they're getting one. But I think that the positives are are a little bit higher than the negatives in that situation. Yeah, you know, my son just recently purchased his first car. He had a car that my wife and I bought him when he was in high school and college, but he went out and bought his first car. He's been working uh, as a, an employed person in the last three and a half years. Yay, we must have done something right. You're right. He's not living in the basement. Thank goodness, because we don't have a basement. He'd be in the crawl space. But uh, he went out and bought his first car, and I kind of went over the whole process with him. But that's the first thing I told him. I'm glad you said that. I said, go out and drive a lot of different cars first. Get an idea of what will work for you. And number two is set a budget. You know, don't walk in there and get talked into, because I, I suggested, and he did this, he, he buy a used car, so it's depreciated some so he can afford it, but he also set a budget and he paid cash so he didn't have to pay any interest or fees or anything. So he bought what he could afford. And I think a lot of people don't even think that way. They, they go out and they end up buying more than they can afford. And then after about a week, they have that buyer's remorse, like, oh my gosh, what have I done? You know, I've got this payment now and I was only going to, pay the car off for two or three years. Now it's six years and I'm strapped into this thing. So uh, I'm glad you said that. I think consumers need to go out and really think about it. And you said another thing, be willing to walk away and go home and think about this a little bit. 
And I think that's a key thing to success. We get that red mist, don't we, when we're looking at that new car and that smell? Yeah, I think you guys put a special smell in there that like sets off brainwaves that make us do silly things. As he nods his head on Skype here. Oh yeah, that's, that's exactly what we do. So, uh, yeah, it's caught me many, many times. So, uh, very cool. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge you face in your life career, or maybe something that we're dealing with these days with new cars and consumers. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation so that you could move forward in a positive way? Well, that's a that's a great question. Uh, I think you're referring to the actual sales process changing. Well, anything you want to cover. You know, I've had people talk about very personal challenges they face, big failures, health issues, family issues, but also in business. Uh, what are some of those issues that we face these days and the kind of business we're in? Some people talked about what happened during the recession. They almost lost it all. Some did lose it all and had to come back. So whatever you want to cover, the main focus here, though, is what can you share so somebody out there listening that might be going through the same thing realizes there's some positive in this lesson that we're having to learn during this challenge? Well, one of the biggest lessons I learned is I worked for a dealership that Prospect Motors in Jackson, California, which I'm very proud to have worked there and was a fantastic owner, but they built a brand new big dealership right when the economy clo- or crashed. And they came in about two weeks before Christmas and and had it introduced that uh, they were closing the doors. The owner did it a very classy way, though. He did it where he could still pay everybody and vacation pay. And so uh, people were in at least a good situation when they left. But it was a, a very challenging moment because, you know, a lot of coworkers seeing the, you know, depression in their faces and people not knowing what they're doing next. But because of that move, I ended up in Mercedes Benz and ended up being a much better move for me. So anytime something bad happens, you have to open the door to think that something better can come from. And I think that's a big challenge for a lot of people. When something bad happens, they tend to want to hang on to that. But it really may be an opportunity when that happens if you give a little bit of time and put in some hard work. Time and hard work. You know, I've told people that have encountered this situation, if you can afford to, and this is all part of preparation because things will always change. There may be something coming that is completely out of your control. You have nothing to do with it. You did everything right, but a recession comes or the company was mishandling funds or who knows what it might be, but build a runway out there so that at any moment you lose your job, you've got all the financial guys say at least six to 12 months worth of money in the bank. But more importantly, I always say, take a little bit of time off. Don't go play, but just sit and think about what you really want to do. And then go out and chase it. And I guarantee you, you're a great example of this, Ryan. I've had so many people on the show that have had this happen to them, and it always got better. But I think in your case, you know, you went out and and sought something that could be better for you. I'm assuming that's what you did, because that's why you ended up in a better place, right? Yes, I did. And it uh, it has worked out uh, very well for me. Yeah, great dealership. Well, Mercedes is such a great brand, too. So uh, wonderful. Fantastic. Well, let's talk about your first really special vehicle in your life and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. Well, I think uh, probably for anyone, the easy answer is your very first car, uh, just because it represents so much. It's, you know, it's independence. You're getting closer to adulthood and just a lot of the fond memories. I grew up in Ohio. My first car was an 89 Ford Thunderbird. So um, (laughs) Thunderbird, there you go. Yeah. From the very same dealership that I talked about earlier, my dad worked so many years before. So I, I think that's probably a special car for me just because, you know, then you start dating, you're riding around with friends. So a lot of great memories in that first car. What was it about that car? When you think about an 89 Thunderbird, you know, when I was a little kid, I had an aunt that had a, a T-Bird with the porthole. I think it was a 57, had the porthole window on the side. 
you yeah. know, got my years right. And that was such a cool car. And then she uh, moved to that next gen, the last of those famous Thunderbirds uh, from the 60s. And I remember that was pretty cool. The two-door that had kind of a scoop thing on the back, kind of like the Porsche Spiders have. What was it about that Thunderbird that you like so much? I mean, that's a pretty, for a young kid, that, the 89, that's a pretty big car. Uh, it was a big car. And it, uh, I, if memory serves me right, I think when I want to say I had a 3.8 V6. So it was in a real-world drive car. So that was also a little bit challenging in the wintertime, trying to drive a real-world drive car around Midwestern Ohio. Uh, the good news, it's very flat. So if you make a mistake, you just end up in a cornfield. But that big old V6, that was just a, a, a powerful car for a uh, young driver. Probably drove a few times uh, the way my parents would not have wanted me to. Well, we won't talk about that in case they're listening. What color was that T-Bird? It was a uh, maroon red with uh, dark interior. Cool. Well, flashy color, flashy car. So very good. Not bad for a young man looking for a date. So <laughs> I think that might have worked pretty well for you. How about cars you've let go? Is there a car in your life that you let go that you really wish you still had? Um, there's probably not a car that I let go. Probably one of the ones I'm most fond of, just because I'm also a little bit of history buff, is is the very first Mercedes-Benz. Just because of what that, you know, that really paved the way for everybody else. And, and um, when you look at the technology that they used, to make that car even back in you know that time i just think the whole heritage of it is is very impressive and the fact that it you know was the first patent car to yeah. ever be made yeah it's fantastic i got to visit in stuttgart the mercedes-benz museum years ago have you been to that museum i have not had the opportunity uh, to have gone there but uh, i have heard great things about it it is i've been to a lot of automotive museums around the world and that museum is spectacular in so many ways. But what's cool about it is when you go in, it's a big cylinder room and you take this glass elevator up to the top and you start at the top of this building and you work your way down. And when you get out, the first thing they have there is not a car, but a horse. Yes. <laughs> and what is this horse doing standing here? And then, of course, they have the first bends there. And I, I've seen a replica of that same car at the California Automobile Museum. I did a wonderful... uh TV show, my my car's yeah, TV show with their curator, Carly Starr, and they have an example, a copy, exact copy of that car. They actually drive around and they use. I uh, got to sit in it. Uh, pretty darn cool. But yeah, uh, what those guys did back then and the starting of the car revolution that we have today is pretty darn cool. And of course, there's that great story about Mrs. Benz kind of stealing the car and going for a ride with her son. The first road tour, I guess, if you will, uh, which is kind of neat. Uh, some things never change. Uh, we've had many uh, clients that bought a new car, and uh, we come to realize that it has become the wife's in a short amount of time. So I guess history does tend to repeat itself. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up about your business these days. Mercedes-Benz is creating some marvelous automobiles. I have a good friend I worked with for years, and he's working at a local Mercedes-Benz dealership, Tim Willard. He's been a guest on the show, actually. He's a master a restorer, a mechanic. Uh, he helped me a lot when I was vintage racing, and he works at uh, Mercedes-Benz here in Tacoma. And he's always posting great pictures of the new cars and specifically the technology that's in these cars, including uh, self-driving, parking, um, I mean, all sorts of cool things. So what has you excited about Mercedes-Benz these days? Well, I always tell people, I remember being a little kid in Epcot Center down in Florida, and they were talking about the cars of the future and the things they'd be able to do. And, you know, here I am at 45 years old selling them. The technology is only get, getting greater. Uh, the really interesting thing, I think, with Mercedes-Benz is 
they still tie in a lot of heritage along with the technology, right down to the wood, still hand carved, you know, hand sewn uh, seats. So you're still getting the heritage of the history, but the technology is really off the charts. Uh, we have a new EQ fully electric car that's coming out that, you know, has half the charging time of, uh, you know, a lot of other full electric cars out there. Mercedes me is a big thing right now, which is pretty much like having Siri in your car where you can just give it about any command. It can keep up with you as far as right down to asking a historical question. I'll give you the answer to it. So a lot of things that they're, they're doing, uh, very exciting. Of course, you know, their most exciting uh, projects are always going to be their AMG line. Um, and they're always trying to push the envelope. The very same cars that, um, you know, you see on the raceway, that same technology is, you know, coming right down to the consumer. Yeah, AMG. Uh, I tell you, years ago, I got to drive a uh, AMG SL. Uh, this was an SL55. And I didn't want to get out of that car after the test drive. I li- it was one of the few cars I've ever, and I was surprised because I I just did it on a whim. I was there with a friend. and. Uh, salesman, I think he was bored and said, Hey, you want to take this car for a ride? And we got back and I just said, I just need to sit here for a little bit. This is too cool. It's very intoxicating. Yeah, absolutely. I think it helped when he put the top down and we were uh, on this kind of back road where we could, let's just say, drive a little spirited and yeah. uh, have some fun. But uh, that car, I just felt like it was just a glove. And during car week last week, I was at Mission, uh, uh, Carmel Mission Car Show, Carmel Mission Classic. And Mercedes had a presence there. They're a sponsor, and they had one of their new uh, cars there. And, oh, my gosh, sitting in that thing, I've had the same feeling. I, I wish I could have driven away, but we were right in the courtyard of the mission. Probably wouldn't have been a good idea <laughs> around all those cars. But, oh, it felt so good to just be sitting there. And I know that Mercedes-Benz of Stockton is a uh, a very big supporter and a sponsor of the Ironstone Concours. What does that mean for you guys to support an event like that? For one, it's a fantastic venue. Ironstone Vineyard is just absolutely beautiful. Um, so it's a great setting up in the foothills there, just outside of Murphy's, uh, which is an you know, adorable little town. But for us, it, once again, it, I think it really ties in the heritage of a lot of these historical cars and then the technology of a lot of the new products that are coming out. I see so many car shows where it's very limited to certain years, only vintage cars. So I'm very excited because, you know, there's a chance you'll see a, you know, 1949 Mercedes-Benz along as the, you know, 2019 GT that we bring out there. So you really get to see the whole history of the car lineup out there. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a wonderful event. And I'll encourage listeners, if you're going to be anywhere in that area in September, it's an event you should go see. I got to visit it for the first time last year and I couldn't believe it. I I had never been to it. Uh, My good friend, uh, Wayne Craig, um, invited me to be. Uh, a guest there, and oh my gosh, it's an incredible show. The setting, the venue, the cars, they have a tour the day before. Absolutely magical place. Uh, you may say, well, it's a little bit hard to get to. It's a little far away, but you fly there into Sacramento. You can rent a cool car. Uh, some of the dealers are the rental car places have Mercedes you can rent these days. So rent a Mercedes, drive down there, and, and make it a really good event. Well, Ryan, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car, 
or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com. To check out the latest products for your ride, and when you're ready to check out, enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10% off your order. That's Edelbrock, automotive performance since 1938. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, Ryan, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, what would Ryan be and why? Well, at 21, I probably would have said a Ferrari, but now that I'm uh, 45, I'd probably say Mercedes-Benz GLE because I have four people relying on me, and I need to keep them safe at all times. That's probably my more mature answer, uh, as much as I'd like to be that first one. Yeah. You know, we all have to grow up at some point, Ryan. But the great thing is, if you raise your kids right, they'll go off and get educated. They'll go off on their own. You will be back on your own again. And you can go back to that little kid in your life. Uh, Just, you know, you've been married for, what, 20 years now? So, you know, don't go too crazy because you might mess that that record up. But uh, uh, if you're lucky (laughs) enough to be married to a great woman like I am that kind of says, go off and have fun with cars, uh, I think you'll have something fun in your future, no doubt. Well, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Mercedes throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Um, You know, probably the same thing. Just, you know, back in my first answer I gave as far as, you know, a mantra, business mantra, I think it really is just loving the customer and giving them a great experience. I, I really do think in business right now, we kind of forget what the, you know, the experience is and whether someone's buying a, you know, $10,000 Mercedes Benz from us to them, that's the $100,000 S class. It needs to be just as exciting. I think a lot of times that gets missed in the business that we're in is, is really knowing how exciting it is for someone, whether it's your first car or they just got married or buying something for the spouse. It really needs to be celebrated because, you know, they say it's the second biggest purchase that we make. And I really enjoy that passion of it. When someone, you know, after the, the, the hard stuff's done, the negotiating or, you know, picking out the right car. But when someone actually does the transaction and they get to the part where they get to go over the features and learn the car and they're excited about it, that's a really magical moment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, after my wife and I were married, we've been married for 35 years now, and we went out to buy a, a first new car together. And it was for her, and it was a Jetta GLI. 
back then the GLI was like the GTI. It was kind of a sporty version of the Jetta. I think it, I don't think the engine was any different, but it had a couple cool features. And I remember we were so excited. We went into this dealership and the salesperson was so horrible. And I'm sitting there and I finally stopped the guy. I mean, we were about to sign the papers. And I said, you know, this was supposed to be a fun day. You've made it a miserable day. I want to talk to your boss. And the boss came in and I asked the sales guy to leave. And I told the guy, I said, you know, this was supposed to be really a good day. This guy made it so bad. And let me tell you why. And luckily, this guy was very smart. He didn't defend his employee. He listened. He apologized. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, how can I ensure that today is a great day for you? Wow. Great yeah. answer. I know. I, it, was, it was awesome. And I don't even think I asked for anything other than just some polite behavior. And a, maybe, I don't know, maybe I did get a set of floor mats, but that wasn't the point. The point was that the salesperson just, he was just pushy and pressured. And I know this was a long time ago. Things were different back then. The old, uh, what do I have to do to put this in your garage today? You know, it's the worst thing you can say to somebody. But um, yeah, I think it's really good. And I think car dealerships these days are doing just that. And I'm really thankful for it because it should be fun, right? It should be yeah, really fun. Should. Yeah, absolutely. How about a personal habit that you have that you would share that you think has contributed to your success over the years? Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in hard work uh, to this day. I just think if you're the hardest working person out there, then the success will follow. So nothing to me substitutes working hard. Absolutely. How about a resource? Is there one that you'd like to share with our listeners that you find uh, particularly appealing? Um, I find that a lot of our customers actually follow the Mercedes-Benz USA website. And back to what you said earlier about how many consumers come in that are actually more educated than probably some of the salespeople. A lot of our clients are very passionate about the product and uh, they'll follow the MBUSA website. And, and a lot of times they know about new models coming out you know, well before we do. Uh, it's a great way to know what they're working on, what exciting projects are coming out. And there's also a lot of tutorials on there. If somebody has Mercedes-Benz that don't know how to use certain features or have certain questions, um, all kinds of tutorial videos on there. So that would be my answer for that one. Yeah, it's a great website. Um, I don't have a Mercedes-Benz. I've always said someday I'm going to have one when I'm mature enough. I'm not quite sure what that means, but I've always admired Mercedes-Benz. But the website's great. And I love the fact that with as sophisticated as cars are now, uh, they're kind of hard to use sometimes. I mean, even I noticed I rented a Kia. It was an inexpensive Kia. They upgraded me to their fancy Kia. I'm not so sure there's such a thing as a fancy Kia, but it was a nice car. I will say that. Uh, got me there, took good care of me. But there was some technology that, you know, I was thinking, wow, this is a pretty inexpensive car. And there's a lot of sophisticated things in this car that make it really nice. I have an older BMW. It's an M3, so it's a performance car, but it doesn't have any of that kind of fancy stuff. So I have to admit, when I uh, got back to the airport and had to drive home and I didn't have a backup camera to make sure I didn't back into anything, I kind of went, hmm, maybe it's time to buy a new car. So We actually have a uh, young man that's uh, on our staff uh, that his job title is product concierge. And his only job is when someone buys Mercedes-Benz is to make sure that they understand every feature on the car. We also do a delivery clinic every second Saturday where we invite uh, our clients in and he does a tutorial class. And it's a really nice setting because it allows people to ask some questions maybe that they felt a little embarrassed to ask uh, or didn't think of themselves. Uh, so we really make sure that people understand and enjoy the product because that's really where the value side of it kicks in is if you know you get used to using those things and know how to navigate them. It makes you feel a lot better about the decision they made or the product that you picked out. Oh, absolutely. My sister bought a new Mercedes last year, and I was down in California where she lives. 
got to ride around the car. It was a great car, but boy, it had a lot of a lot of technical features inside that car. And she was saying that the dealer was very good about helping her learn how to use all those things. And she was still learning some of them because there were so many things to learn in that car. So very cool. How about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would that be? Oh, wow. What a great question. I would probably still pick Carl Benz on that one just because I'd love to hear some of the challenges they had uh, developing the car and figuring out exactly how they were going to take that step to make it a dream come a reality. Yeah. You know, I've often thought, wouldn't it be delightful to bring Carl Benz or Henry Ford or Ferdinand Porsche or any of these people that developed these early cars into today and show them where we are? And just watch the wonder in their eyes, just in the smile going, oh my gosh, look at where we've come. It makes me wonder where we're going to be in a hundred years. We'll be long gone, but what will people be driving or flying or shooting around in a tube? Who knows what what they're going to be doing? I hope there's still some driving going on though. That's all I can say. You know, I couldn't agree with you more on that one, but there are some really interesting projects going out there as far as uh, transportation from the Hyperloop to, you know, high speed trains. So it'll be interesting to see if the car one day even gets eliminated at all you know i was thinking about that as i was leaving car week i drove up to san jose it's about an hour and 15 minute drive and there's a little bit of traffic and i i was saying to myself wouldn't it be great if i could have just programmed in this car to take me to the san jose airport and i could sit and look through the pictures i shot during the week or a magazine i picked up or whatever and the car would just deliver me to the airport and i know there's some folks out there going mark green what are you talking about you're a car guy you can't do that but you know, sometimes uh, that kind of drive on the freeway, there's you know, the roads were boring. It was just Highway 101 going back up, but uh, that would be kind of nice. And uh, they've got cars that can do that now, so they're pretty cool. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? Uh, there's one book that I do reference a lot of times in the sales process, which is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the reason oh, yeah. I, do, <laughs> I do reference that is because in that book, uh, we do a lot of leasing, and in that book, it'll tell you, to never purchase a depreciating asset, which is really what cars are, as much as we don't like to admit that, uh, and buy anything that goes up in value. So I always advise people, if you're looking at new cars, you know, open your mind to leasing because it really does save you a lot of money in the long run. And if you're going to buy something, find one that's two or three years old that's taken to depreciation. Uh, and I always use that as a third-party reference because it states that in that book. And I think that is sound financial advice. Yeah, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Read that book years ago, bought copies for my kids when they got out of college. Uh, of course, David Ramsey is another guy that talks about buying cars not new, used, or more importantly, just don't spend more than you can afford. I think that's the key. If you can afford a new car, go for it. Have fun if that's what you want to do. But uh, I think that's a great book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Been around forever. Uh, that author has written many, many books about sound financial investing and advice that I think is good for old guys like me, middle-aged guys like you, or uh, young people like our kids. Uh, to learn and read. So I think that's great. I'll remind you, you can find all these resources on Ryan's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type in Ryan Skelly, and that page will pop up. All right, Ryan, we're up to the checkered flag. And today I'm going to buy you any cool collective car on the planet. I'm going to park it in your garage. But there are some rules to this game that might make it a little bit of a challenge. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with or finance your kid's college education since you've got kids in that time slot right now. I've been there. I've done that. I guarantee it's going to be painful, but it's going to be worth it. You have to drive the car. No garage queens allowed here. But here's the kicker. It's the only one cool collector car 
you can have in your garage. So what can I buy? You know, you mentioned it earlier, and it, it was ironic that you mentioned it because it is one of my favorite cars, which is the SL. I think you said you drove an SL55. Yeah. Now it's the SL63. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think there's a car that I get any more enjoyment out of uh, driving than an SL63, especially being in California where we have so many sunny days here. But yeah. that power and that sound combined with a, a drop top, to me, that's about as fun as it gets. What color would you like that car to be? We have one right now in the showroom that I would I would take that exact car. Uh, it's white with red interior, and it just looks absolutely gorgeous. All right. Well, since it's in your showroom, why don't you just go ahead and drive that home tonight? Just send me a check or a bill. I'll send you a check, and you can you can enjoy that car for the time forward. Yeah, they are spectacular. I mean, just they do everything right. That's really interesting because a lot of people will pick an old car, but the fact that you're picking a new car as a collector car that will be a future collector, I think is kind of fun and interesting. So, And since you know the car so well, you know what you're getting. Sounds like a cool choice. Well, Ryan, you've taken me on a great ride today. Really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the California foothills in that Mercedes SL63? Well, when I was younger, I thought I knew everything. But now I'm at this age, I realize how little I know. So I don't know how much advice I can give people. (laughs) But if it has to uh, pertain to, you know, automotive uh, shopping, uh, I would just, uh, I think you referenced earlier, you know, do your research and, and find a dealer that you like. Uh, even telling your story about how it was a bad experience and you still end up spending money there. I think so many times that's what people do is they still reward people for bad behavior. So find a dealer that's going to not take care of you on just day one, but one that's going to take care of you for the life of the car. And hopefully it's your local dealer, uh, because that really means a lot to your local dealer buying locally. Um, so don't reward bad behavior, find someone that's going to take care of you, feel someone that you feel like can trust and do business with and go seek that person out. It would be my, uh, or that dealership out. That would be my best advice. Great advice. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more you about you and Mercedes Benz of Stockton? Uh, so Mercedes Benz of Stockton just located kind of on the North end of town there, brand new dealership, only three years old as far as the dealership. Uh, our business has been open for 30 years. We actually have two anniversaries, our three-year being the new location and 30 years of in business. Uh, but you can find us at MercedesBenzOfStockton.com. We carry usually around 80 used vehicles, a lot of different off-brands, along with certified Mercedes-Benz. Beautiful showroom. Uh, if you're ever in that area, you don't have to be in the market to stop by. Uh, as far as it's one of the most beautiful Mercedes-Benz dealerships I've ever been into, uh, and we're very proud of it. And not just the dealer, so dealership itself, but the people inside. Uh, we have a great staff. And I really think that comes from the owner down. They're really into uh, maintaining the reputation, taking care of the customer. And the employees, it's just a very friendly atmosphere is from ladies in the office to uh, our technicians in the back. Uh, we really have a great team down there. Absolutely. You can find that at www.mbofstockton.com. I would encourage you to check it out. If you're in that part of California, stop and say hello to Ryan and his team. I think you'll have fun. And if you're going to be in uh, California around uh, the 28th of September, join Ryan. And hopefully I'm going to get to that event as well, celebrating the 23rd annual Ironstone Concours. Again, that's September 28th in the beautiful Ironstone Vineyards in Murphy's, California. To learn more, go to ironstoneconcours.org. Ryan, thanks for being so generous today with your time your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners until you and I talk again. I'll see you, my friend, down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. This has been fun. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me 
on the Cars Yeah! TV show. It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah! TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah! TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!